I'll just start recording and then we'll figure it out. Um, okay, so I, I guess the question is, okay, so right now we have, we have AI, right? We have um, generative AI with images and then we have AI with, um, with chat. What's, what's the kind of the next wave of AI or um, what are ways that kind of AI can be used in, in marketing or crypto or um, what kind of comes to your mind? So, yeah, the AI boom is definitely taken off. And, you know, we've seen the most prominent sectors being, you know, the chat and uh, the picture creation, right? And those are great. However, the way I actually see this going in terms of both, the, well, you know, so that's great for content creation. And don't get me wrong, we're going to stick with that. In the music industry, we're going to see people using uh, AI audio. So that's going to be something mm. interesting there. It's one to put that side note out there. But when it actually comes to marketing, what's really going to be happening, AI analytics and mm. AI-based targeting. So basically, at this point in the advertising industry, you're going to have AI effectively running your supply-side platforms for you. And they're going to be filtering the targeting based on what works best for your content. So right now, if, if you're in paid marketing, you need to effectively be really good at target demographic selection, content creative, and the, the strategy rollout for socials. With the help of AI, we're going to see a lot of that kind of go to the wayside. The barrier to entry to get highly targeted quality ads is going to go down dramatically. So that's one thing. AI analytics, that's going to be crazy. Then, all right, let's talk about ChatGPT and, you know, what's going yeah, on. Just Actually, just on that, just on that too. So AI analytics, you bring up a super point because you have like, I, I can't, I can't actually explain it, but like I've talked to so many people that have reached out to me and be like, hey, do you, do you have an ads guy? Or do you have, you have somebody that's especially in like Facebook marketing and things like that. And oftentimes like they're spending an enormous amount of time doing like keywords, right? They're like, Hey, like I'm going to figure out like the long tail keyword that has the highest cost per click or like, yeah. oh, sorry, a low cost per click, but like provides this kind of like very nice return. And I guess maybe it gets to the point where it's like a lot of these agencies come under super pressure. If Facebook comes out with a tool saying like, Hey, like skip your agency, we're going to use our, like pick the AI option or the agency option. The agency, you're going to talk to real people. AI option is like, tell us generally what your like target demographic is. And we will start to AV test um, ads all day using our AI. And it will basically always come out better than the agency. Absolutely. So that's going to be a huge thing that puts agencies under fire. Wow. And then taking that outside of just uh, paid media, but also agencies in talent management are going to be under fire because Creators are not going to have any incentive to sign with a talent agency to broker them deals. If I mean, we saw that with the rollout of TikTok's Creator Studio, and Meta's now created their own version of such. And basically, what you're going to see coming with the the onboarding of service-based AI is all of a sudden the automation of brand connection and talent connection. So. They're going to be serving the brands, the top influencers for the niches they want. You're going to click three buttons saying, you know, uh, demographic, industry, uh, category, uh, and things like that. And then it's going to give you a list of the, the best people who fit the engagement rate you have. And it's going to be all AI powered. It's going to be, you know, uh, 
the artificial intelligence literally knows how to serve. Hey, here's who has the highest engagement rate. Here's who's working in this industry. And here's how much it would cost to work with them. And then the, the whole process becomes automated. It's a three-click model. And all of a sudden, where does the talent manager fit in with that? There's no need to be giving anybody 20% of anything. And on the other side of that, so you want to get a little crazy. The next way. Let's get crazy. Let's get crazy. <laughs> AI influencers. You don't like, you know, so with the talent managers, okay, fuck the talent. You don't need the talent. We're going to make robot talent. So, you know, you've already seen the like puppeteering of images, right? So we have the ability to generate images. We have the ability to animate the images as if they look like real people and are talking and come to life. So uh, all of a sudden, you don't need anybody to be the face of your brand. So UGC content just became automated. There's no need for all of a sudden these UGC creators who are getting paid, you know, uh, dramatically less than influencers already. If you're really good at talent management, what you're effectively going to do is run a virtual influencer farm. You're going to uh, do the marketing yourself, scale the accounts, and then all of a sudden, instead of getting 20% of all the talent, you get 100% of the money. <laughs> and yeah. and you're just paying a salary to whoever's doing the puppeteering. And What's interesting there is it's already existed since like 2018, the whole virtual influencer trend, but it's hard to scale because mm. the current state of virtual influencers are CGI based virtual influencers. So as AI progresses and as we move from like the graphic that you referenced before from acquisition.com between uh, GPT-3 and GPT-4, as we get to the point where the AI is competent enough to learn faster and feel more human than you know, almost hyper real. Like once we get to that point, then the cost and the barrier to entry to having your own virtual influencer is going to be dropped down dramatically. So all of a sudden, all these people who are like, oh, I want to be, you know, a content creator. It's like, instead of the market just being saturated against every other person that wants to be a content creator, it's going to be saturated against robots that are run by marketers who are simply better at attention manufacturing. And engagement farming. So there will be no incentive to work with talent that doesn't respond on time, you know, talent that doesn't call back, talent that doesn't put out the right creative, you know. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the costs are going to go dramatically down. And it's the, the capital is going to be centralized to a couple of key agencies that are able to compete in that realm. So super, this is all super interesting. So uh, one question I, I had was, I guess you have the – you have the, the client that would say, hey, I need some talent to, to, to do something. You, you, you mentioned that kind of three-click model where it's kind of the, I don't know, just pick a couple, right? Like you have a, a demographics, a category, age, a couple, I don't know, pick whatever three you'd like. And then I guess with the generative AI where you can kind of like generate it, I guess potentially even like something like chat GPT and that's kind of just the surface of this whole thing, but it can actually generate the scenes that would be required for the creative. So it's like ChatGPT comes in, creates the whole script and kind of like the lay of the land. And then you have this like generative AI for the, the imagery and the animation. And you basically kind of have this non-UGC. It's just a fully kind of automated AI process to kind of create some sort of ad or things like that. Um, that, that just seems totally amazing and totally, totally wild too. And as you, you mentioned a couple of really interesting things about like, I, you've worked with a lot of like very high brand name people and obviously there's a full spectrum of kind of like the creative and where some creatives show up on time all the time. But then a lot of creatives are kind of like, this is my world. They're playing the part of that, 
that kind of creative or that kind of that act that actor is playing the specific part, and they are known to show ten thousand followers thinks they're famous. Yeah, exactly. So you have these famous people that kind of live this famous lifestyle and have famous mannerisms where they might not necessarily show up on time, or they 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 might kind of think that they have a bit of a god god complex. So with that, like you don't have any of those issues, and and again, you kind of capture the the full run rate and maybe you pay a studio kind of like 20% or 15%, but you capture the, the 95% upside or whatever it is. Absolutely. And then if you're well, a brand and you pay for that yourself, all of a sudden you have a face of your brand that you are in full control of and that you are not dependent on. I mean, like one great use case for like the, like this in like the podcasting space. I mean, let's look at caller daddy, like, you know, they had a, a $70,000 to $80,000, uh, you know, yearly salary. They were nobodies. Barstool signed them, you know, gave them $70,000 to $80,000. So th- then they blew up in less than two months. So all of a sudden you take that and, you know, they're not putting out content because they're like, holy shit, with the audience we have and like the things that, you know, the attention we've manufactured, like there's no incentive for us to be, doing a salaried position and they started shopping around the IP that they didn't even own anymore. So Barstool right. owned the Caller Daddy IP and they were shopping around the show because, you know, they were the face of that entity. So they'd scaled it. They built it. That's great. But the only reason they got to that point was because they were signed with Barstool and it was a Barstool co-signed entity. So all of a sudden, like let's say you're Barstool and you're in that situation, you're paying these girls, you know, 70 to 80 K each year. So that's, you know, that's $150,000 a year down the drain for them to not create content. (laughs) Well, yeah, here's the thing. You go to Descript, you put in the voice simulator and you type in the script from chat GPT. And all of a sudden, you know, you edit the intonations and now you run the podcast without having any actual talent there at all. And it's using Mm. the likes of their voice. Sure. But they already own the rights to the IP. So that's a huge solution right there. Done. And you I love that idea. Trying to go and shop the deal for your own IP. What about you know what? I, an interesting question would be like, um, I love this kind of this idea of like automated, automated, um, basically like uh, the assets or automated talent. Um, there's also a, an idea of, yeah, but like there's so many. This is actually this this whole conversation kind of keep blossoming, keep going. But there's the idea of like an automated interviewer as well. Right. Where it's like you just have this AI that kind of listens to the person and says, like, OK, ask them another interesting question. Ask them another interesting question. <laughs> ask them another interesting question. And it kind of like keeps like maybe they can pull maybe it can pull the, the kind of the the all the online information about some somebody and say, like, OK, ask them like something that's a hard hitting question. And it's like, OK, well, just answer to the AI. And it's like a one sided podcast with the AI on the other side. And that's actually genius because. You know, once you have that set up and the podcast host is effectively automated, like then anybody who wants to produce specific content around themselves and build their personal brand, that's an easy way to make sure that you're answering the questions about your business that make you look more credible and that make you more valuable to the listener. So all of a sudden you can be like, hey, here are the questions I want answered. You send them over. They have the AI ask you those questions and, you know then you have your kind of pre-prepared delivery and all of a sudden the, you know, uh, you run it through another AI and you're like, Hey, chop this into one minute sound bites. It chops it into the sound bites. And all of a sudden you have an infinite con- content funnel. You have the reach of the podcast and you get to talk about what is valuable to you. And 
you're not at the risk of all of a sudden being asked something potentially controversial or adverse to your business. Because, you know, mm. like some podcasts, they're praiseworthy, right? But other ones, it's it's journalism, right? So people who are hard-hitting like hard uh, journalists, they go down this rabbit hole where they're like, all right, let's grill this person. Let's prove our credibility as a journalist. But then mm. all of a sudden, like, it's almost a verbal assault on the guest. So yeah. the, the idea of the AI-based host, that completely mitigates that problem. Done. You're you're getting to put out quantity, uh, quality content at scale. I love that. I, I love that, and I love the idea. Like, there's there's one thing I've seen in ChatGPT recently where it's kind of like um, you can take you can allow or a prompt that you can provide ChatGPT is to give it a persona type. So you can say, act as a doctor, act as a uh, a conservative journalist, act as a liberal journalist, or act as a uh, act as a highly paid actor, act as an NFT artist, etc. Right. Um, and that, that could be a great, exactly as you're saying, it's like act as an interviewer that is for like, that is very bullish on my company. Right. <laughs> and like <laughs> wants to put me in its best light so I can have some demo reels to, to, to really kind of showcase our company. Um, so that I can push that to TikTok or, or whatever platform is kind of trending at the time. Yeah. Really cool. That's so funny. So Chris, you'll love this. Basically when, when I use chat GPT and I'm using it for content creation, I will always add at the end in the voice of a 25 year old marketer and you know, just to kind of nail the tone, you know, and then if I'm having it write stuff about me. That's like being pushed out. I'll immediately add, you know, make it praiseworthy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, it's so crazy. And it's so crazy. Like, like just to know that little trick, right. Cause that trick can change the whole tonality and the feeling of everything that it's creating. And like, it's like, well, and if you told somebody that that's writing a chat GPT from a prompt, they'd be like, oh, well, like the second they know that, then it's like, oh, obviously I would do that. But otherwise it's like, if you don't know it, it's like, I don't know, your ad copy could be totally different from somebody else's ad copy just because you know those prompts. And that's another thing that's going to be really interesting, right? So we've talked about how AI is potentially going to eliminate all these jobs and influencers, whatever. AI is also going to be creating a lot of these jobs because all of a sudden being a good communicator is going to hold a lot more value. Because anybody can access it. So it becomes a skill issue. So let's say you want to create good content versus uh, create mid-tier content. Being able to be a successful prompt engineer will hold massive value. And that will be a high-paying position because effectively, you don't just need to be able to write. A lot of people can write. You need to be able to edit. And that holds a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess as as AI... Um, one thing that's always kind of been a little bit curious to me is that like, do we start to go the route of like, um, just like more dramatic content produced by humans because the AI starts to cover like the kind of the natural boundaries of, of content creation. So then that pushes everyone to do like more and more extreme things because the AI is creating so much good kind of average content all the time when it maybe starts to push the boundaries of great content. Like, does that Absolutely. mean that crazier things all the time? Marketing stunts have to be even crazier all the time. Um, to to get any any awareness at all because everything seems so sensational and perfect. Yeah, so that's going to be one of those big things now is, you know, we're going to see the rise. Uh, it's a polarization of skill, you know. Mm. So, you know, taste is going to matter a lot. The, we're going to see the rise of the curator economy because of this. And then in addition to that, you know, and you see this a lot on platforms like TikTok, you know, so I'm talking all about, you know, how these brands can use all these virtual influencers and stuff. But one thing that we're seeing is 
the, the rise of authenticity. So there's going to be a huge burst. People want real. People want it to at least feel human. They want to be connected. So, you know, that's one of the main reasons they're using social media. There's two main uses of social media. It's to escape and to connect. And you know, for people who are looking to connect with other people, they want the content to be relatable. So if it's just, you know, overly polished and it's all this good content, right? There's almost a category of like kind of bad content that's going to do well because yeah. it, it feels more human, <laughs> you know? And they're like, all right, like I connect with this person. I do stutter when I speak, you know, or like I, you know, I don't look at the camera or, you know, like it's low light or, you know, like it, like stuff that's shot like, you know, in bed or stuff that's shot like, you know, chilling on the couch or walking around. Like all of that is on the rise because people don't want overly polished, overly cheesy. You know, they don't want it to feel fake. They don't want mm. highly they don't want it to be curated to the point of inauthenticity. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I really appreciate that that insight, and it's it's almost it seems like the second it's so polished, it feels like you're being sold to by a big company. Versus exactly that that word authenticity is kind of so key, right? Right, where it's like I feel like I'm talking to another human. Um, with another human, I can do great things, but if I'm just talking to an AI, that thing at the end of the day really has no response to me because it was generated by a computer, not somebody else. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's a really interesting angle to like the way that social media works is people want to connect with other people. So I, you mm -hmm. know, you tweeted out recently, I'm not trying to gamify a following. If you like my content, <laughs> follow. And if not, that's okay. So I really like that tweet. Cause it's like, it speaks to humanity of social media. And yeah. that's one thing that's like, I think AI will initially push away from that. Like, you know, as mentioned before, there's going to be the rise of the AI influencer and there's going to be a lot of stuff around that. But there's also, I think it's going to push more people into being more human, you know? Like, yeah. for instance, you know, taking it kind of out of AI and into NFTs, like everybody has an NFT profile picture these days. And yeah. I, I've been strongly advocating against that for like the last week because it's like, I, it makes social media less social. So I'm like, all right, like, let's connect on a human level let's see each other's faces you know like yeah so i think there's there's a lot of value to the whole concept of all right if you like what i have to say great you know and if you don't great because all of a sudden we're not trying to you know play the algorithms and mm. just trying to connect with people as people yeah like and it's so interesting because it kind of gets to the point where like recently I've been seeing a lot of like, I don't know, it's, and I, I'm sure everyone's been seeing it, but there's been more and more like threads online where it's like, here's like five books you have to read this year. Here's like five ads you should watch. Here's five, this, here's 10 of this. And it's like, at some point it's like, yeah, you can't like, you can't even keep up. It's like I, I, for me to read five books, it's going to take me a month or a couple months. It's like, I, I, I have a full-time job. I'm working all the time. Like I, I want to read all the time, but there's just a full life outside of that, right? And like whatever the number of books, maybe it's 10, 20 books, depending on for the how yeah. long week. But it gets to the point where it's like, even you, if, if people have these like content schedules, every single day they come out with another five books you should be reading, another 10 quotes you must read, another 50 movies you should watch. It's like, but doesn't that person that's posting it, doesn't yeah, that totally. feel less authentic? Cause it's like, all right, there's no way you're reading fucking five books in a day. You know, it's, it's like, it, it's, right? you yeah. know, 
like get out of here with the 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 bullshit you know like everyone because yeah. that's kind of a big thing is like they it's almost painfully inauthentic you know because yeah. it's you run at a little bit of a dichotomy right especially if you're trying to be a business thought leader because on the one hand you want to be credible on the other yeah. hand you want to be authentic and you want yeah. people to you know view you as both you want to be a real person but the the most authentic thing is you know admitting that you don't know and yeah. all of a sudden like that's probably the thing that hurts your credibility the most is you know to to be on the journey right so it's like let's take gary v he's like all right document don't you know like you know don't lecture right so it's like if you're trying to create content and you have nothing to say just regurgitating what other people are saying like that just makes you seem like you know one you're a tryhard and two it's like how pretentious of you to like hop on the internet like i mean especially like you know let's take me like i'm 25 years old like all right i go up there and i'm like all right like this is how you live life you know this is like the best relationship advice this is the best you know like the the best marketing advice you'll ever hear like all right like anybody who's like 40 plus is like i've got 15 years more of experience in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like what is what do you know what what lived experience do you have to be giving the advice that you're giving today so yeah. that's one of those pieces that's going to be extremely uh interesting because you know especially since ai can't think you know we're we're going to get into that age where like all right the ai is able to articulate content phenomenal but it mm. can't synthesize anything new yeah. so all of a and, sudden and, and to that point like it also can't live your life for you so like as exactly. you're like that kind of like document don't create stuff it's like as long as you're putting it out what you're doing it's like okay well it does not matter if you had like a super day or bad day you're just saying like hey i'm working on this I, this went well this didn't go well and that's really kind of what it's all about and then we just have this side repository this side gold mine of ai where it's like anytime you want to go get like great content or like ask the ai to make like a new cocktail or a recipe or like a new travel destination it's like the ai will tell you great places to go but how you experience it is the secret sauce it's like nothing can replace your experience and kind of i guess that is almost like just how you kind of how you feel but but then it's also like there's this balance of like how you feel versus just like being like like pragmatic and like kind of like hey this is how even though i feel this way it should work out this way it's like it's a very interesting way of kind of how it all plays out yeah totally and like that's why like storytelling is going to be on the rise like you know first person communication is going to be on the rise like you know we are all taught in school not to use i statements when we're writing but that was probably the worst piece of advice they could ever give because all the best stories i mean think about like you know gonzo journalism like you know yeah. the best stories have the the writer in the story so yeah. like you know that's going to be a really big piece here is like it's not about what you know it's about what you learned so yeah, totally and how you, you know, tell it yeah yeah you want people to to see the journey and be on the journey with you because if it's just like hey i'm this big hot shot like you know I, i've done all this shit. like you know go look at my lambo and like then all like you know you just put out a bunch of diatribes of like you know all right like here's what's wrong in this industry here's what's wrong in that industry and like here's why you're not making enough money it's like dude, like nobody knows why you're sharing that. And, they, and there's no reason to believe this person that's saying it because they, they haven't communicated 
that they've done it before and they haven't communicated the struggle, you know? And I think people like to watch, like everybody loves a rags to riches story. So mm, that's one of the pieces that's going to be really interesting. It's like, all right, like you can't start at the top. You can't start with the A-level content and be like, oh yeah, like I know everything. Cause it's like, all right, Nostradamus, settle down. Like, <laughs> you know? Totally, totally. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I, and I love that we're kind of both on this journey kind of building together. Um, maybe, maybe we wrap this call up here and we kind of continue to document as we go along. Um, sure. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Sounds you. good, man. We'll, uh, you know, make it happen. I love it. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you soon.